I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, you're listening to The Simpsons 4 and One More. This is Bob Shoy, and with me, as always... It's Emma Apps. It is. <laughs> None other. And today, we're talking about Season 9 of The Simpsons. Oh, we're getting so close to the end now. Mm. I'm sad. I would say, I don't mean this in a rude way to The Simpsons. <laughs> I don't mean to offend the show. But I would say we're past the prime Yeah. now. There's some good stuff in nine, but it's not it's not seven eight. We're starting on a steady decline. Yeah, there's more episodes in this season that I can take or leave. Yeah, I agree as well. But to be fair, I do quite like. There are some episodes in here that I do really really like. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. the, it, it's the balance of good to bad is sort of starting to go like almost fifty fifty again now, like it was kind of at the beginning. Yeah, there was um, some that I was surprised how much I liked this time around. Um, cause I feel like with this season, I forget, I, I feel like it's not in my memory quite as much. So I know loads of jokes and stuff from it and lines and moments that I really like, but I forget which episode they're from or I forget they're in season nine or I forget them totally when they come up. I'm like, oh yeah, I love that bit. Yeah. It kind of jogs my memory a bit. There's, um, a lot of episodes I found in this season that I, um, have a, a strong, memory and connection when i was a kid i don't know if it was just because it was played Mm -hmm. quite a lot more on sky one i used to watch when i was a kid or if there's someone that were on the vhs's that i used to watch um but yeah there's i I do sort of remember a lot more of these episodes a lot more than i did sort of later ones a lot more nostalgia definitely for me i think it's like i was a little bit older yeah when these episodes were contemporaneous so i was like um, I remember like the older series I love and I watched them when they came out, but I don't have memories of like waiting for the new episodes. These ones I do. I remember them being new episodes. Yeah, I agree. And I particularly remember, um, like I, this is the era. So I've talked about on, on near, very near the beginning of the show. I talked about, um, my dad used to record the Simpsons for me when there were the new episodes on Sky One and post them to my mum's house. I lived to my mum. 
um, across the other side of the country. So I would like eagerly anticipate when a VHS was full, he would post it. Oh, that's so cute. And that was very much in this era. It was like season seven, eight, nine were like the fr- the main times that he was doing that because that's when I was living up in Cumbria. So these episodes have like a real strong memory of like the new VHS is in Aww. sort of thing and watching through them and then passing it to my friend at school so he could watch through them. <laughs> Contraband. Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but that's what this, this season really reminds me of. I love that. That's such a cute memory to have. Like I just... There's a couple of episodes, and I know that we'll discuss it a little bit later, but there's a couple of episodes that sort of got strong memories of, like, watching it with my sister or watching it with Mm -hmm. um, just, like, after school and things like that. So I feel like this has got more of a nostalgia factor for me. And I think it's the same sort of reason for you. Like, I sort of remember these being newer episodes. I remember sort of sitting down and being like, oh, I haven't seen this one before. Um, So, yeah, as much as, as I said, that there are some episodes that I don't, like as much um i still i've got quite a lot of fond memories of this season so i'm still kind of still riding the roller coaster if you like and i don't think i didn't like them as much when they were new it's just like in hindsight now i'm older i'm like i don't like them as much when they were new i was like way into all these episodes yeah definitely and um it's like the perfect mix of i was old enough to be anticipating the new episode and also i hadn't like the the later episodes that I didn't enjoy as much hadn't like crept in so much for me yet so it's like a real golden sweet spot for my memories I also think as well um that I understood the complexity of the characters and the some of the jokes because I feel like the maturity level of like a 10 year old and like what you understand as a 10 year old is different to how you feel when you're like six or seven so I probably understood more of like the adult relationships and things like that like some of the issues that are raised more than I would have in the earlier seasons because I was a lot younger probably wouldn't have understood the complexity of the storyline more yeah for sure and like you said those VHSs as well not just the ones my dad used to send me but the ones that were popular in the UK that had like four or five episodes on Mm. um, and they were sort of like around a theme they were coming out around this time yeah and the newer episodes on those were these ones and I think that that's when my fandom like sort of really went up a notch because it was like with watching it in Sky 1 or BBC 2 it was always very much I could only watch them when they were on. Whereas when I owned them on VHS, yeah. I had the control. So I, if I wanted to watch them at 10 o'clock in the morning or if I wanted to watch them at 8 o'clock at night, like I, I had the opportunity to do that. Um, whereas beforehand, before those VHSs, I didn't. Yeah, It's really funny, actually. I've got a, a little story about that. So um, my mum tells people this all the time and she really embarrasses me, but I think it's really funny. So... Um, I had some birthday money, so I went to Woolworths, which is like a little, for American listeners, like it's like a little sort of... It was. It was, yeah, it doesn't exist anymore, which is really sad. So I had some birthday money. It just sold like media and toys and The pick and mixes is what I always remember. Yeah, pick and mix. It was a real grab bag. I used to love walking around Woolworths. So I went and had my birthday money and my mum took me to Woolworths and I was like, right, I'm going to buy the new VHS. Took it to the counter. She kind of gave me my money and I felt all grown up because I had, you know, I was buying it myself. Went to the counter Mm. and the lady behind the counter was like, I can't sell that to you. And I was like, what? She was like, it's a 12. You're not 12. You're clearly not 12. And I literally cried my eyes out in front of everyone in this counter 
went back. The the lady wouldn't even let me take the VHS away. She kind of kept it on the on the counter. I went back to my mum crying my eyes out that she wouldn't let me buy it. So my mum like grabbed my arm and like took me to the counter. She was like, There you go, I'm buying it now. <laughs> and like and it was she like <laughs> jokes about it and laughs about it and she tells everyone all the time this story about me crying in the middle of Woolworths because I wasn't allowed to buy this twelve VHS. <laughs> There were the a couple of them VHSs that were a 12 because yeah. there were a couple of more raunchy episodes on. And this is probably one of them, to be honest. So that had quite a yes, lot of this season for sure. In. There's a few episodes in this season yeah. that were definitely in the 12 rating ones. Yeah. But anyway, let's, uh, let's crack on. move on to our list and talk about our favourite ones. Yeah, so uh, I think it's your turn to go first. Somewhere along the way, we messed up this ordering and I'm trying to get it back on track. <laughs> but for now, it's your turn to go first. Okay, so um, my number four choice is Cartridge Family. Okay. Is this... this is higher on my list. Okay, so I'm more than so happy. We'll talk yeah, about we'll it later. talk about it. I won't it. reveal where, Okay, but it is higher on my list. But yeah, so this is so. number four. So your turn. Yeah, and we'll talk about it in depth when I come to it. Can't wait. Okay, so my You ended up going four, first anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was all part of my plan. Um, my number four is kind of between two here, but I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for... Okay, I think this will be a surprise. My number four is Lost Our Lisa. Oh, this is a nice episode. Um, this actually isn't on my list, so... No, I didn't think no, it would but be. I actually, Whereas the other one might be. I actually really, really like this episode. It's one of those that I feel like is very forgotten. I really like it, and I, th- for the same reason I think it is forgotten, because it's very grounded, yeah. especially for this era. It's very small scale in a way that I find very comforting. I find this episode... I remember when the VHSs, the ones my dad used to send me, when it came to this one, in amongst all the wackiness of the other episodes, even then I was like, oh, this is very different in tone. And I kind of liked it um, because it was sort of just smaller and sweeter... Despite Homer's head getting crushed between a bridge, <laughs> which is so outrageous, um, the actual scale of it is this: the t- the scale of the story is just like Lisa wants to get a bus to go to the museum. That's the plot. It's so small scale, but I really like when the Simpsons do like small scale stories like that. Yeah, because I think it gives, and it's the f- only one around this era. That I does think it that. gives a lot more depth to the relationship of the characters. So obviously it gives you a lot more depth mm. of like Homer and Lisa's relationship, which I absolutely love when there's a Homer and Lisa episode. Um, and it yeah. also kind of with the B plot with Bart, when he sticks everything to his face, kind of like him and Marge and like their sort of relationship as well. Um, so when they sort of scale back on the storylines, I think it definitely um, allows for um, more depth within to, to sort of delve more into the character's relationship rather than the storyline. And I said on the last episode that I love it when Lisa's actually written as an eight-year-old. Yeah. And she definitely is in this. This is like, this is the Lisa I like where she's definitely eight, but she's definitely intelligent for her age. Yeah. But she's not just like some super genius. She's like, she's intelligent enough at eight years old to want to go and see, you know, the Treasures of Isis exhibition at the museum. But she's still only eight and will, you know make a mistake when getting on like a bus yeah um so it's a really good balance of like she's eight yes she's clever but she's still eight yeah and the way she manipulates uh marge and homer the way i definitely did at that age as well like (laughs) oh she wasn't quite clear on that dad uh you know (laughs) that that sort of trying to trying to get one parent to allow you so it's like oh my parents said it was okay uh at least if at least one of them says it it's all right 
Because you've n- manipulated the situation, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You just massage yeah. it in your... And obviously, if Homer's your dad, it's quite easy to do that. Yeah. Hello? Dad? Who is this? It's Lisa. I just called to tell you how much I love you, and can I take the bus to the museum? Museum? Mm, I don't like the sound of that. What did your mother say? Um, I wasn't 100% clear on that. She said something, but she was kind of in a rush to get Bart to the emergency room. Hmm, so you want to take the bus, huh? I don't know, that's a pretty big decision. Well, if it would put your mind at ease, I could take a limousine. Although that would cost $200. $200? Well, isn't there any other way? Hmm, I guess I could take the bus if you think that's a better idea. Frankly, I do. I know you had your heart set on a limo, but sometimes daddies have to say no, honey. I'm afraid you're going to have to take the bus. <sighs> All right. a girl, I love you. Yes! I think, um, sort of going back to the whole Homer's head in a bridge thing, I think this is the first <laughs> example, in my opinion, of um, kind of going out of the realm of possibility, if that makes sense. Because I know right. that there's a lot of, I mean... <sighs> if you kind of ignore the whole like bar going over like the canyon and stuff but like i was about to say homer did fall down springfield gorge or that but <laughs> you know what i mean though like they sort of like take i mean that's sort of like written in and you kind of you know okay that's for the storyline but i think in this era and i think this is kind of what sort of makes it slip a little bit is like the whole believability scale and like when they sort of mm. start getting into the whole leprechaun jockey type yeah yeah era and i think this is kind of the start of it because it's a bit like oh well that's just kind of you're kind of taking it a step too far a little bit so like by home and getting his head stuck in a bridge like you know <laughs> it's kind of it's so ridiculous but um i love this episode but i almost like blank out that bit from my memory of yeah, it. yeah i think i because it's so outrageous especially because the rest of the episode is so like sort of placid yeah that is so outsized and it's almost like more exaggerated by how timid the rest of the episode is yeah it's just you kind it's of bizarre. like if like, i forget it's a moment in it you kind of like swoop over it don't you, you don't you kind of just a bit like oh okay whatever but um mm. on on a sort of the whole scale of the episode like i do really enjoy this one um and as you say it's so sort of understated and um, probably like very underrated in everyone's list but I do quite enjoy this one it's quite sweet like I mean being a history nerd like I love the whole like museum side and the Egyptian side and mm-hmm. things like that it's what I kind of enjoy most about this episode but um, it didn't quite make my list because there are others that I do prefer but I really like this one it is very sweet the actual history museum bit as well like the music from the music box sounds very odd like it's a very odd little plinky music box tune yeah it doesn't um in my opinion i don't think it sort of suits the whole egyptian theme it's it's kind of a bit more like i don't know like i don't i, I don't i kind of like it but it's odd like i just it's so it's such a bizarre little piece of music that was written for it yeah that i like its weirdness <laughs> yeah i know what you mean i mean i don't think it was um they, it, was, it probably wasn't thought about as much as it probably should have because it's what like 10 seconds of the whole episode but mm. um i know what you mean though it, it is kind of a bit um out of place perhaps it wasn't catchy enough for uh <laughs> for to not be replaced by the old spice theme to homer <laughs> Do, 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 do. 
Exactly. And it clearly wasn't good enough to be on our list of favourite songs either. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, no, I'm going to... the ISIS music box jam. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even, like... I mean, I watched that episode maybe two weeks ago and I can't even really remember what the tune goes like. No. Well, it goes like this, Emma. <laughs> I'm just going to insert it there. <laughs> insert music here. <laughs> Do you really think, did you think I was actually had it ready to no, go? No, 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 no. I knew that was what you was going for. <laughs> it's a music box. Dad, we uncovered the secret. Oh, so now it's we, eh? It's so beautiful. And just think, we're the first people to hear its song in more than 4,000 years. Oh, so that's what it sounds like. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, exactly. You've, you've yeah, triggered you know my it. memory. <laughs> now you'll never forget it. Do, 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 I love that. <laughs> Dad, that's the old Spice song. It is? Well, that's a good song, too. Do, 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 um, the other thing I talked about last episode as well, uh, like uh, when I said about I like when Lisa feels like an eight-year-old, is I like the relationship between Bart and Lisa. Yeah. And even though they barely interact in this, I actually think they get it pretty good on, like spot on about the relationship between the, like siblings, where she's just like so annoyed that he's just done something so Bart-like and it ruins her day. And then when he has to go and apologize to her and she's not actually there... <laughs> that whole back and forth he has with himself, like, oh, like you're almost perfect. <laughs> She's not even there. Mom, Lisa's making me feel Lisa. bad. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> Stop it, Lisa. <laughs> so yeah, so the, all those reasons, and of course, of course, like um, when ever, every now and then, people make you know errors, sort of little bureaucracy errors, where it's like, oh no, this is like thirty two A, not thirty two. Yeah. And every time I make a little mistake like that, I think of this bus um and like don't make me tap the sign it's so easy to make such a stupid decision like that though i mean i i hate things that are named so specifically like that it really gets my goat (laughs) (laughs) terror sweat is something that gets in my head as well had to be terror sweat i think about that quite a lot yeah yes i think a, a series of painful injections directly into bart's spine should get the job done What happened? You didn't do anything. Oh, didn't I? (laughs) Nothing dissolves glue better than human sweat. I knew Bart would panic and start perspiring at the sight of this button applicator. (laughs) Couldn't you have just turned up the heat a little? Oh, heavens no. It had to be terror sweat. Wait, there, there we go. And my number four, Lost Our Lisa, probably not expected. No, that's. Um, I do feel like these sorts of um, first sort of couple of middle um, of our lists episodes are going to be quite different, I think. I do think our list is mm. going to be quite, quite different. But then maybe, I don't know, you might surprise each other. Okay. Okay, so my so number... So your number three. Yeah, so my number three is The Joy of Sect. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is higher on this your is list, not my isn't list. it? 
Oh no! I no, didn't... it's not on my list. It's no. not on my list. It's 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 like number eight, I think. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, eight. yeah to be fair, I didn't think this would be on your list. To be honest, and I think perhaps the one I've got after this probably won't be on your list either. Um, I don't know, maybe. But so yeah, this this was this was in contention to be one of my one mores. Yeah. And we'll talk about why in a minute. But yeah, tell me why why this is so high for you. So this is one of these episodes where. I don't have any memories of this as a kid at all. And it's one of those episodes that I've liked more sort of re-watching it maybe on Disney Plus and like when I've been a lot older. And it's, it is an episode actually that I go to quite a lot. I just, I like the whole like cult side of stuff I think um Mm -hmm. I think um so I listen to podcasts and things like that to do with cults and I find cults quite interesting and I just think that this is um quite well done um I know it's very tongue-in-cheek and they've kind of um essentially like grabbed every stereotype of a cult and created a cult out of that and that's exactly why I feel like it works really well I just turned to my notes to see what I'd written about it. And um, <laughs> the first point I've written is just Ned playing the comb. <laughs> that warranted his own bullet point for me. <laughs> that image of him like, <laughs> playing the comb is really funny. And it's the return of Ned's rumpus room. Yeah. And um, another like random thing about this episode that I always think of is na 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 leader. Leader. Yeah. Attention, everyone. Let's all give thanks to the leader for this glorious day. The, the leader, leader is good. The, the leader, leader is great. We surrender our will as of the state. The leader is good. The leader is great. We surrender our will as of the state. It's no use. He's obviously the most powerful mind we've ever dealt with. Or, na 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 leader. Na 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 leader. Na 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 leader. Na 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 leader. Leader. For me, the reason this was going to be my one more, uh, or was one of my choices for more, is I like this episode a lot, and there's lots of funny moments in it. Yeah. But for me, and obviously I think for a lot of people because of the name, I think this is the start of Jerkass Homer. Probably. Because it's, out of my way, Jerkass. He says it twice in this one episode. And I I think that's where that term comes from, is from this episode, because he's incredibly rude in this episode and uh, very full on and I like it in this episode I just don't think it needed to then just become a thing yeah 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 I definitely agree out of my way jerk ass whoa a free movie thanks out of my way jerk ass it's it's one of those things like I I do really enjoy it and it's one that I can just put on and not sort of really have to think too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's lots of good, lots of good lines and funny moments. Yeah, in this and one. I it's think like a real like gag factory. And I think that that's partly the reason why I like it so much is like all the one liners mm. and like um, at least you get to pick your wife <laughs> and then there's like Otto <laughs> and Barney and things like that and it's just yeah. like you're the man. <laughs> It's just like all these little like one line jokes really that I think um, make this episode for me. I don't think it's necessarily like a really strong or really good storyline. Um, but I just think it's like all the little one line gags I think that get me definitely. I like Reverend Lovejoy in this one actually. When he calls Willie Mr. Kilt. <laughs> Mr. Kilt. <laughs> now come out Reverend. Oh. Oh. Ooh. 
Oh, the devil has given him superhuman strength. Give me that, you noodle arm choir boy. Ow! Well, that didn't do it, Mr. Kilt. And I like it as well, because it kind of, out of everyone in the whole town, Marge is the only one that's like clued up to it. Um, mm. And it's like, I think... Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I think it kind of... Marge actually has some agency for a change. Yeah, and that's it kind of puts Marge in like a really good light because it kind of reminds me a little bit of the monorail episode where everyone's so like mm-hmm. taken by this whole like new thing in Springfield and she's the only one who actually can see it for its truth. Yeah, you're bang on there. It's like the same Marge from that episode. Yeah, yeah and I, that is like a part of Marge's characteristics that I really, really like. Like she's quite a strong um, independent mm. female character when she's written like that she's not easily swayed no. like and um, at all. it's funny how she like tries to trick the kids and she knows her family so well that she knows the way to kind of trick them so obviously with the hover bikes and then with homer it's literally just beer and then like she does the yeah. trick of like with the rolls royce and she's got like the little white glove and she's like pulling homer in and she knows that that will trick them yeah yeah i like seeing the way that different members of the of Springfield are like won over by this leader though like um I, I love well Ken Brockman is becoming like one of my favorite characters but he's amazing in this like I love you perfect leader <laughs> like, he suddenly ch- turns in that on that Springfield has been overrun by a strange and almost certainly evil sect calling themselves the Movementarians in exchange for your home and all your money the leader of this way out and wrong religion claims he'll take believers away on his spaceship to the planet Blistonia Excuse my editorial laugh, <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, I've just learned of a change in this station's management. Welcome, Movementarians. Continue to improve our lives. I love you, Perfect Leader and new CEO of KBBO Broadcasting. It reminds me of the episode when Homer goes into space and he's like um, about the Anne Overlords. He's like, welcome, and yeah, over- yeah, it's the yeah. same sort of one where he's like... He's so like... He flips on a dime so quickly, Ken. It's such a good character. Um, and I love Willie as well, when Willie, when he's trying to like interrogate Homer. And then he, Willie just completely gets turned around and like, he's talking about my leader. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Now, oh, what's so fired great about your fancy pants leader? The leader knows all and sees all. Ooh, well, that is impressive. And he's going to take us to a wonderful new planet. Oh, this leader, he sounds like a grand fella. Willie, I'm not sure we're making any headway here. Just shut up, woman. He's talking about my leader. But, um, yeah, so this is just one of those episodes that, as I said, like it's not one that I have memories of as a kid. But to be fair, I don't really think that I'd really understand it when I was a kid, which is probably mm-hmm. why I don't really remember it. Um, But I've got a lot of memories of it as an adult and it's probably because i kind of got more interested in real life cults and things like that i just think they're really fascinating and like i think it's quite impressive how someone can brainwash someone so much that they basically have like complete control over someone's life and it's just really interesting and i think one interesting thing that i do find about this episode is um i don't know if if you know or not, but um, Nancy Cartwright, who does the voice of Bart, she um, is a Scientologist. I was literally about to bring yeah. this up because that's why this one's a little bit like oh, edgy yeah. for them to do at this, at this time. And they sure, also yeah. had to be really careful about how they wrote certain jokes and how they sort of presented yeah. certain things just because she's a Scientologist. So she does. they obviously didn't want to offend 
the main voice actor. They didn't want to make it too obviously no. just a straight Scientology ripoff, yeah. And I think it's really like clever how they've sort of done that. Um, yeah. And they sort of kind of incorporated, um, as I said, like lots of different aspects of loads of different real life cults to make it very generic. Um, so they obviously didn't make it a religious cult because then they kind of could have done the whole more spin mm. on um, Reverend Lovejoy and then they didn't do it sort of as an alien cult because then they could have taken it a different way. They literally just sort of combined both and made it very generic. But I think it, yeah, I think it's really interesting how they sort of pulled it off, especially considering that Nancy Cartwright's a Scientologist. I um I love in the middle of this episode, you've almost got like a weird like 22 short film style mini sketch with the whole of like, uh, who is this? The leader, and it's this whole <laughs> Mister Burns. Oh, and, um, yeah. And sk- and and um, Smithers, Smithers se- like little sketch. It's just like stand aside from the whole rest of the episode. It's just like this little contained sketch, which is just amazing when he <laughs> draws the logo and it's the Special K logo and stuff like that. And then there's Lenny. It's like my box is Special K. Then he like kisses the box, and it's like yeah. Yeah. I love that Lenny is one of the only other people who is like n- does not join the cult. It's so funny. It's funny as yeah. well. I think it's I think it's Carl like when they sort of go for the weekend away and they're like all in like that movie theater watching the film and he stands up to leave. He's yeah. like, "Oh, I'm going to leave." And like everyone's been in that situation before where you've accidentally sort of got sucked into something, not necessarily like a cult or anything, yeah, but like 100%. if you if you go to watch something and you're like, oh, this is this is really crap and I want to leave and then people look at you because you're standing up to leave kind of thing. I've done it in museums so many times when they have like oh, the little... Oh, 100% in museums. I was about to say, yeah. I go to a lot of museums and galleries and stuff and, and Becca was an art student so we went to loads of that stuff and I really love that stuff. But every now and then you get trapped in a dark room with something, I don't care yeah, about this. Yeah, massively. <laughs> you don't want to be the Philistine who walks out. Yeah, I, I'm beyond caring now. Like I'm, I'm over thirty, so that sort of stuff. I'm just like, see ya, out of my way, jackass. <laughs> Especially if you're in like the middle of the row as well, and you're like, you've got people got yeah, to move I'm out the like, way. See, oh, I've got like a really sorry, too much information, but I've got like a really tiny bladder, and like I can't go f- and go to the <laughs> cinema and sit through a film without having to go to the toilet. So if I go with like a group of friends, I'm always like, I'm sitting on the aisle just so that I don't have to like get people to move I their hate- legs. Having to go to the toilet it's in the, the cinema. It's I'm the such like I'm such a stickler for not missing one moment of the film. Yeah. Um. Don't watch a film with me if you fidget. I'm awful. I'm awful. I don't want any distractions. <laughs> um. I made it through some long films at Leeds Film Festival over the years. Um. Without taking a taking a break. I remember when um I first got with Ben and bearing in mind I was like 18 at the time and um we were, we used to go to the cinema quite a lot as like early on. And I always yeah. wanted to like snuggle and like make out in the back. And he was very much like, I'm watching the film. And I used to get really offended yeah. because like my boyfriends and they all just want to make out in the back corner. And it's like, I'm watching the film. And I was like, okay, like, all right. Yeah, I've paid for this. <laughs> He's like, I'm actually really interested to know about I'm this film. film. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what like, happens to the money. Being, being like a, being, <laughs> yeah, being like the adult now, I'm like, I totally get where he's coming from. But back in the day, I was like really offended. Yeah. I was like, you don't want to, you don't want to kiss me in the back? Like, what? <laughs> but now I get it. Um, yeah, so I, re- I do really like this episode. Lots of funny moments. Um, there's one, you know, I talk about weird line readings I get in my head, like the part of my glosses thing. Yeah. There's one in this and um, I always forget it's from this episode. But it's when they go to the airport and they 
It's the very good beginning of the episode. It's when the the team come back and they're like booing the team, but the the te- the the team don't realise that they're there to boo them. They think they're there to cheer them. Oh yeah, returning, and um, oh, they come to welcome us back. Yeah, even though we lost <laughs> that, even though we lost <laughs> that tiny little bit. That's what gets in my head. Even though we lost. Hey, look! There's a big crowd. Welcome us back, even though we lost. I'm not even joking. There's so many of those moments in this season that I've like <laughs> gotten them written down, especially in like one of the episodes I picked like earlier, on, sort of like higher up on my list. There's so many one-liners that I just love the delivery of. Yeah, there's some great, just great readings. Like um, Kent later on as well when he's like, ah, what? Oh, I said, ah. What are you doing? They're not here, you idiots. Idiots? That's Landis, sir, and we have it on tape. All right, I'll get on my checkbook. What was that? Uh, I said... He's just mumbling under his breath. Kent is definitely a very underrated character. He's definitely, like, up there for me. Uh, he's this. He's the character that's, like, shot right into, like, top of my characters <laughs> in this watch-through. But, yeah, really, really great episode. Really like this one. Cool. The leader is good. The leader is great. We surrender our will as of this date. <laughs> so, my number three, I wouldn't be surprised if this is further up your list. Okay. Natural Born Kisses. This is my number one. We'll talk about it later then. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. I thought it might be your number one. Uh, I thought this might be higher up your list. And I was almost put, thinking of not putting it on my list, but I do love it. So yeah. it's still there, but we'll talk about it at the end. Cool. Uh, which means we're going to talk about your number two. Yep. So my number two, and I apologize in advance if I say this wrong, is uh, Daz Bus. Mm. <laughs> this is your number two, isn't it? No, this isn't. This is like my number nine or ten. It's oh. just below Joy of Sect. Yeah, I, this is weird, right? Because this is not a very well liked episode. No, I know. But I've always quite liked it. It's a really like kind of hated episode. A lot of people hate this episode. Really, I didn't. And I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, um, but we'll come into it. Yeah, but tell me why you love it. Well, there's a massive nostalgia factor for me. This is one of the episodes I was talking about earlier, where I literally remember i have so many memories of watching this with my sister um just like Mm -hmm. being at home and watching it so it's definitely a massive nostalgia thing for me but for right now the main reason why i love it is because i love an episode that surrounds like all the different kids of springfield elementary i like that as well Yeah, yeah and i know we've sort of touched upon it before but this is sort of like if not the only episode where it is just purely about the kids and you kind of get more of I think a... that's why some people don't like it yeah I like it because uh, I like all the kids together but for some people they're like it's a bit rugratsy yeah mate yeah <laughs> it's just yeah. the kids <laughs> I'll give you that but I really love it and I love the B story as well when Homer has the internet business yeah and that's got so many um so many one-liners on it as well and I think yeah. did we not talk about that last episode we talked about the uh, internet eh? yeah that's it yeah <laughs> mod eh? <laughs> <laughs> scratch eh <laughs> scratch <laughs> make a good scratch too scratch eh Flancrest Enterprises oops that's for me Flancrest Enterprises is my home business you liar you don't have a home business why would you make up a lie like that no it's true Mon and I sell religious hook rugs over the internet internet eh yes indeedy making some good scratch too Scratch, eh? Yep. More, Love it. Really good. But, um, yeah, so I just I just really like the storyline. I mean, this is sort of a... <laughs> Sorry. 
I just looked at my notes for this episode. Just like the uh, Ned playing comb was my number one bullet point for that. My number one bullet point for Dust Buses just says Martin's Finland dance. (laughs) (laughs) Finland, let's see that native dance. Smile more. Work that pelvis. No, too much smile. Sit down. Let's not forget what we learned in the UN club. <laughs> not now, Martin. And this has got a lot of um, good Martin and Nelson as well, this episode. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. And it's got the big meme of, um, go banana, go banana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot that was from this one. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I just I just love episodes that sort of centre around the Springfield Elementary kids. Um, and... <sighs> Even though the whole, uh, it's it's weird because I I love this episode, I love the storyline, but I do find that I get a bit bored after a couple of minutes of them being on the island. I think it's a bit tedious. Um, I want to know where that island is. It makes no sense that they're <laughs> on an island. <laughs> this is the first time I sort of picked out on it. I was just like, where is this island? <laughs> Uninhabited island, like off the coast of America somewhere. Like yeah, like what? How I didn't realize Springfield was so close to the coast. <laughs> That's another, like, um, what's the word? Another sort of revelation of what state Springfield's in because it's so close yeah, to the coast. To be a coast. Again, I, I said Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Coastal state. Yeah. Um, yeah. Delicious wine. <laughs> um, I think of Bart doing the, uh, we'll live like kings. Damn hell ass kings. <laughs> we'll live like kings. Damn hell ass kings! I can when you literally said that, I heard that in his voice in my head when you were saying it. Yeah, Damn it's hell like a, a perfect line reading. Damn and then hell like ass kings. when you see Otto like drowning, it's like Zeppelin rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a lot of the reasons people don't like this episode is one, like I said, it's all the kids they think Rugrats. Uh, two, it is like the start big time of the shrug ending. People pinpoint this one as just like. Ah, uh, they didn't write an ending. So let's just say Mo. Yeah. And to give it a little bit of like more weight, they even got James L. Jones in to redo that one, <laughs> one, one line. <laughs> so the children learned to function as a society. And eventually, they were rescued by, oh, let's say, Mo. Yeah, it's like they make a joke of the fact they didn't get didn't write an ending. And it's fine and funny for this one-off time. Yeah, it's literally what I was just about to say. But because they got away with it, they this is what they went back to. Again. Yeah. It's what we complained about on our dislikes episode. People finding this time doing it funny led to them doing it again and again yeah. and again and again. And then it led back to people saying, actually, I hate it this time. Yeah. Even though I thought, I think it's funny in this episode. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, this one time is fine. Like, yeah. But it's, it's something that they kind of rely on a bit too heavily going forward. Um, mm. which is a bit of a shame. But um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, there's not really much that I can say about this episode, just purely that it's probably the whole nostalgia thing for me that I like this episode. And like yeah. being a kid, sitting around watching it with my sister and um, just thinking to myself, like how amazing would that be? Like at the time thinking, oh, it'd be so it's good. It's the same reason I love Bart on the Road. It's the I'm a kid and I'm watching a bunch of kids, but it's not just like a kid's show. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah. And it definitely, this episode definitely has nostalgia for me for that reason as well. Imagine like being on a desert island and just being able to live like an adult and just being with your friends all the time and things like that. I don't that. know, it did look, it looked pretty awful. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I do find Millhouse is intolerable in this episode, though. Yeah, which is a shame. He's awful. I love Millhouse, but yeah, I get. Yeah, I know what you mean. This is the worst Millhouse. I probably like Ralph in this episode more than I like Millhouse, which is saying something. Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to hate Millhouse in this episode. He's a jerk in this episode. Yeah. But- but yeah, so I don't really have much more to say on this episode, really. But the, yeah, this yeah, is my number two. I wasn't two. expecting this to be in your top four, but yeah, I, I mean, I kind of had I a like feeling it. that this um, this sort of med- middle section of both of our lists would be quite different because I didn't, yeah, I didn't expect you to have this one. I didn't expect you to have Joy of the Sectiva and kind of. Prove- I think I think my next one will surprise you as well. Okay, because on my then. next one surprised me, and when it came to the end, I was like, "That's my number two. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. My number two is The Trouble with Trillions. Ah, I watched this one last night. I like this episode, really do like this episode. Um, But it's actually like sort of middle of the road for me. But I do love this. Mm, I think this one will be middle of the road for most people. But I don't know what it is about this episode. Um, I always liked it. Whenever it came to that VHS, when this one came up, I always sort of like, I have such fond memories of watching this one. I think it's just the silliness of it really captured me um and as i get older i appreciate more jokes in it yeah so now i'm older and i've been self-employed for well since i was 18 i've always been self-employed so a long time and i hate doing my taxes <laughs> and so the whole stuff about ned oh <laughs> time to do your taxes January 1st. that really, really makes me laugh because everyone puts their taxes off it's just that perfect side of ned that i love where he's such a goody goody that he'll be doing his taxes on the first of january but isn't um, isn't it's really in funny. the UK our taxes are due at end of January, so he's like it's um it's the f- yeah I don't know when the date is when they're due. I know the new year is April fifth. Yeah, so I think it's the thirty first <sighs> of because I used to work in tax, so I think it's like the deadline's the thirty first of January. Um, so I remember I've always had an accountant, so yeah. I don't. My mother-in-law's an accountant as well, so she she um sort of like she'd have amazing Christmas and then she'd be like, oh, I'm dreading it because like January thirty first was always like the deadline. So, oh, right. so Ned technically, if he lived in the UK, wouldn't be like a goody goody. He'd be like probably late, <laughs> late to the party. Yeah, I've always had an accountant. Um, my accountant's awesome. I'm pretty sure in America it's April fifteenth. Right. So American listeners, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but I used to work with someone who did American taxes as well, and I'm pretty sure it's like April 15th or something, maybe. I don't know. But I think in this episode, it says something about April, so yeah. Yeah, that definitely, because that's the day they're all like racing. Yeah. It's, well, I can't, I can't remember. But anyway, the the whole joke about Ned with the taxes and, Ned, like, and putting the mints in there. That's literally what I was just about to say, like putting the mints <laughs> in there and licking the envelope. Oh, January 1st. Better get going on those taxes, Nettie. Hmm. Let's see. Cash register ink. Well, <laughs> that's a business expense, isn't it? I. No, oh, but then I do enjoy the smell of this stuff, don't I? Better not risk it. Daddy, what do taxes pay for? Oh, why everything. Policemen, trees, sunshine. <laughs> and let's not forget the folks who just don't feel like working. God bless them. Nettie, it's 845. The post office is going to be opening soon. 845? Here I am, yapping away like it's 835. Ooh, can't forget the mints. It really made me laugh. Um, and also, like, it was so timely when I watched this, when when the ball gets stuck at the beginning and they're like, <laughs> and Homer's like, will this horrible year never end? Which was my New Year's of 2020. <laughs> Sharing that to the screen because I couldn't leave the house or do anything. 
Well, count yourself lucky. My like New Year's Eve, I was like probably the worst I ever felt with coronavirus. So oh, true. Yeah. You, you so had, mine was worse. Yeah. Oh, will this horrible year never end? We've never lost a year before, and I'll be damned if we're going to lose one on my shift. Um, it has great. I love. Um, again, Ken Brockman. It is literally the eleventh hour, ten p.m. <laughs> Sir, why did you leave your taxes so late? And he's like, taxes? He's like, Barney's like, what? Oh, I love, because I'm an idiot. Happy. <laughs> this is Kent Brockman live at the Springfield Post Office on Tax Day. It's literally the 11th hour, 10 p.m. And tardy taxpayers are scrambling to mail the returns by midnight. Sir, why did you wait until the last minute to pay your taxes? Taxes? Isn't this the line from Metallica? Sir, uh, why did you wait until the last minute to pay your taxes? Because I'm an idiot. Happy? Of course, not everyone is an idiot. Do you know what? This episode actually has a lot of um, good delivery lines as well. Yeah, it really does. Oh, it has one of my favourite Marge moments, by the way. What's that? My abs- one of my absolute favourite Marge moments, because it's like taps into that tragic Marge. We talk about like, oh, I already have a pair of shoes, that sort of Marge, where um, she hangs her painting of the boat back up on the wall and just goes... Yeah, you really had a lot of talent, kid. (laughs) (laughs) You're so wistful. And and Bart and Lisa are just like, look at each other. I really, I love that. That's my favourite march, that type of march. That's such a good delivery as well. I like the bit when um, they're in the photo booth and they listen to the tape. (laughs) And then then after all of that, a poo goes in there and it's just a delivery of cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Cheese. It's the secret code word. That's really funny. Cheese. Good morning, Agent Johnson. Agent Johnson. And Will Milhouse is in that box as well, in the photo booth as well. Uh, my shirt fell <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot. It's one of them episodes where it's so high up for me just because there's lots and lots of funny lines and good line readings and all of the stuff we've just talked about is before the main plot with the trillions I know, even comes in. It's crazy. All the stuff with the new year and yeah, before the even plot the plot even really gets started, you've got always great like the first act is completely unrelated, but it's very And I'm good. gonna be honest. It, well it, it it was kind of unrelated. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest as well, like it was only until like the last couple of years that I actually sort of picked up on the whole oh, so Burns has that trillion dollars because he was gonna mm-hmm. sort of give it to to Europe to like rebuild itself after World War yeah, II. Like yeah, I yeah, never pick, I never picked that up for till quite recently. And I was like, oh <laughs> I like Homer's comment about it. When Homer's watching the video and they said uh, Europe struggled after the war and he's like, ha losers. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk ass Homer, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um for the while, talking of weird line readings, another one that gets in my head, I used to say it a lot as a kid after I watched this episode was, Well, this is a kick in the knickers. <laughs> Unfortunately, the money never arrived. Well, this is a kick in the knickers. Should we complain to somebody? No. I say we just act snooty to Americans forever. No, this is a really good episode. I actually sort of was questioning whether or not to put this as my plus one, Mm -hmm. um, as well one more. So um, I'm really glad that it's on your list because I do really enjoy talking about this because I do quite enjoy it. And it is one of those... It's a bit of a random episode, really, but I really like it. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre, but it's got lots of good humour. It's got actually quite a cool historical espionage plot. Yeah, like I really like um, the plot as of well it. As well as having always like 
Yeah, it's fun. Um, they end up going to Cuba and all sorts. As soon as they go over international waters, he's like, we can gamble. It's <laughs> just dice out of nowhere. I always think it's so random because obviously gambling's not illegal here. So all those like no, gambling no. jokes in the US, like, I always sort of kind of go over my head a little bit. No, we love gambling over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I love a scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> you ever won big on a scratch card? No. So maybe I'm due. Maybe. My dad won a big one. Well, not really big, but it was like... Oh, no way. I can't remember how it was. It must have been like 900, something like that. That's it was like a good yeah, amount. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he was like, couldn't believe it. That was like about two years ago. Um, so that's pretty good. Yeah, so me and Ben have got this thing. Like, if we win like a pound or two pound, always use that money to then go and buy, an, buy another scratch card and like keep it going. Yeah. But obviously... And then inevitably lose. Yeah, but then obviously if we get like a 10 or a 20 quid, then we just like keep the money but um he yeah. had a scratch card going for like six months where he just purely just win like quid. one pound two pound <laughs> back and i remember yeah. i think we won a five and he was like okay so i'll buy like five scratch cards with it or, or two free scratch cards with it and then um it kind of just kept getting lower and lower and lower and he was just winning pounds all the time but yeah he literally had a scratch card going for so long yeah no i i always get the one pound buy another one lose it's like tale as old as time uh, repeated <laughs> but yeah this is my number two probably i thought it might surprise you um there's a good actually one more good line reading in this is smithers <laughs> i don't know why yeah i thought <laughs> that when i heard it actually <laughs> this also reminds me of that episode where they go and look for the loch ness monster but this episode is a apart from i don't like that yeah one. that's what i was just about to say like i actually hate that episode but i really i do quite enjoy this one but they have sort of similar mm. tones with like Homer and Burns going somewhere abroad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Right, so we're up to your number one, which I know is Natural Born Kisses. So let's talk about it, the horniest episode ever. 
that's why I like it. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was going to come up. In fact, hang on a sec. I'll be back in a minute. Wonder why he's going away. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and drink wine and just talk to the microphone while he goes and does whatever he's doing. So uh, what I've just got to do is get myself a beer because you said we'd need some beer and alcohol we talk about this yep, episode. Yeah, exactly. And this is why I started off with a wine. Right, it's going to get a little blue. So yeah, Natural Born Kisses. So this is actually an episode that I have quite a lot of, another one that I have quite a lot of nostalgia for. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember this episode quite a lot and obviously didn't probably get the the real sort of reason behind the episode. I just thought Homer and Marge liked running around naked, clearly. Clearly didn't get it. Yeah, same. The older you get, the more you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like Homer and Marge in this episode a lot because... I like, obviously, horny Homer and Marge because I'm just like, that's so mm-hmm. good that they've got that part of their relationship. But also today I realised that I really like it when they're being cute as well. So I like the bit when they're like, mm-hmm. Eskimo kiss, and then they like, it's really like... Oh, they got their hands in each other's yeah, pockets. It's, and like... It's okay when you're in love. <laughs> and married. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay for me to do stuff like that, Bob, but it's not okay for you to do that. Like, you're not allowed to do that. No. But because I'm married, no, I'm, allowed. I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> so this has one of my favourite line readings of the whole season in it, <laughs> which is, oh, it's a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a donkey. So all my notes, all my notes for this episode, I'm not even exaggerating when I say, are all quotes. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. Let, let let me just let me just get one of them out. So I've written. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's two really really good uh, grandpa lines on my notes. So I'll, so I'll see if they're on yours as well. Okay, what are they? One is here comes two. <laughs> I've literally written that as well. <laughs> here comes two. Here comes two. And the other one, which is the one that's been in my head ever since, this is the new, like, oh, I swear something the album Grandpa released, That <laughs> the line that's made me laugh since I watched it, which is uh, when he talks about bananas, <laughs> yellow fatty beans. And that's why today bananas are called yellow fatty beans. Do you know what? I've written quite a lot of, um, when they first, first sort of go to, like, the little farm thing, before they sort of yeah. like start having sex, there's quite a lot of really good lines. So it's um, I like the delivery of um, if you if someone's in here, you're in for some serious ass forking. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, and I also love um, now Teresa, Steve, who led you out. <laughs> <laughs> so your your favorite character is the farmer. <laughs> it's just like his delivery of all those lines is just hilarious. Um, another couple of they've got um. So I've actually written, like, I love stories with, like, Grandpa Lisa and Bart or, like, Grandpa Bart, Grandpa Lisa. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah, I just think they've too. got, like, a really good relationship. And, like, even though the whole, like, story of, like, Casablanca and stuff, like, I'm not really, like, a huge fan of that. But I do quite like the the three of them going out. And I kind of like Mark, um, Bart, sorry, having a uh, metal detector and things like that. And, like... Well, I, I remember having a metal borrowing my my dad borrowed a metal detector from his friend when i was a kid and i was so pumped and it is that like oh cool there's stuff under here and it's just like a bottle cap and an old shit 
Well, it's actually exactly quite funny because um, my uncle um, went through this phase of having a metal detector and he went out and he... Um, so where I live um, in Gravesend is like a massive like Roman thing, like had loads of like mm-hmm. Roman um, things happening in it. And there was so many times where it's been excavated by archaeologists and they found like all these Roman coins and like it's just like a massive thing in this area. And he actually found a quin mm-hmm. from like 600 years ago and things like that. So I quite like the idea of... Um, of metal detecting i think this area is really um has loads of roman heritage because yeah. i know um the road just pointing like <laughs> as if you're in the room with me um the Down road there. over there <laughs> uh the cools in leeds i live very near to the cools um i swear that's an old an old roman pathway that was to the main chapel or something like that that's cool and i had to look into this for my english studies and leeds is like ladensis as the roman name and all this stuff this area is quite roman yeah um and also i moved from toaster which is incredibly roman toaster that's such a cool name (laughs) yeah yeah you won't it's not spelled the way you expect it to be it's racing at toaster as well isn't there there's like a race course yeah we lived right basically opposite the race course yeah we used to walk over there. So, yeah, I kind of like that whole B-plot and stuff, but obviously the crux of the episode is just, like, horny horny Marge that everyone knows we love. And, like, even though there's horny Homer, which I know you don't like, it's very much like... I don't mind it in this yeah, because they're having fun together. Together, yeah. They're just finding new ways to express their love. And it's... <laughs> Scary ways. <laughs> and it's just, like, the the beginning when they're sort of, like, celebrating their anniversary and, like... Oh, that awkward sex scene it's is too like, awkward almost. I, it's, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, watching it as a kid, like, I just probably didn't really get it, but I get what you mean. So, like, now watching it as an adult, I'm a bit like, oh, like, oh. yeah. So, like, oh. And then when they're, like, under the quilt and she's like, but I used to, yeah, well, I don't like that. But you used to, yeah. No, no. Uh, it feels very ad libby, like they were just in the room and told to go make have awkward sex nights. It doesn't feel very scripted that section, and it's it's so just sort of awkward. Yeah, and do you know what else I like about this episode? It's like when Marge is like, "This is going to make me sound like such a such a perv," but like when Marge is like laying in the hay and her hair's all like straight, and it's like, mm-hmm. like you can see why Homer wants to like bang like banger. <laughs> Oh, knock it off, you perverts. <laughs> Let you go. Evening, uh, uh, That's literally, so that was actually <laughs> what I was just about to say. So it's like, um, um, I hope this evening finds you well. And she goes, oh, knock it off, you perverts. <laughs> oh, knock it off, you perverts. Yeah, because because it's so it's obvious, so obvious that Homer like they're talking what yeah, they're talking it's so about. That Homer was like, yeah, I'm taking her to like a dirty weekend away in a hotel, and like lads yeah. talking, and she just so fully aware yeah. that that's like what they're talking about. Um, and she's just like, oh, knock it off, you perverts! Like I know what you've been talking about. Yeah, exactly. This was my first exposure to the song "Rock the Casper." unbelievably i didn't know the song until i heard this episode and when and then it made me love the song because the way it kicks in the the closing credits so i'm like yeah so rock the casbah is my favorite song of all time mm, and it's good, good song and it's and it's um a song that a lot of my, my family and friends like associate with me as well so like everyone says to me all the time like if they hear rock the casbah they're always like mm. oh this song reminds me of you so much emma because like they know how much i love it but i'm gonna be honest i genuinely think that i was sort of i probably 
heard it for the first time on The Simpsons because even though like my family do like The Clash, I don't ever remember hearing it before this episode, if you That's know what I mean. exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. My dad is a massive Clash fan. Yeah. But I don't remember ever hearing Rock the Casper until this episode. And then it made me look up what the song was when I was a kid. Yeah. And be like, oh, that's the band my dad likes. Yeah. I've just never, I just somehow never heard that one of their absolute most famous songs. Exactly. Until this episode. Or maybe I just hadn't paid attention to it until, <laughs> it, until this episode. And it's funny as well because um, I like the bit when she goes, you know, I think we should uh, rock the Casbah. The way she says it, like her delivery mm. of that, like I say that all the time. Like, I'm like, well, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, maybe we should uh, rock Seems the Seems like cat. the uh, thing to do. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, just because obviously it's their anniversary means that it's just like a green card for them to have sex, isn't it? <laughs> the um, one bit in this episode, which I didn't get when I was younger, but watching this time really made me laugh. And it's not about sex. It's another grandpa moment. When he talks about he was like, um, um, he used to clear mines. And then he shows him blowing up all them tanks. And then he goes, and that's how I earned the Iron Cross. Yes. I literally... <laughs> that is so good. Because the Iron Cross is the German, isn't it? Like, Victoria yeah, Cross. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like the German Medal of Honor. He wiped out so many US <laughs> troops that he gets awarded the Iron Cross. That's really funny. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really pick that up till recently they're like I, i've watched it a few times when disney plus first came out mm. and i think it was then that i kind of picked up on it and i was a bit like oh okay it's one of them very good jokes you don't pick up on to a little bit older yeah i mean this whole episode for me like mm. i just can't ever like because obviously i'm looking at it through an adult's eyes i'm looking at it through like a woman who you know enjoys that kind of thing but like <laughs> i just don't remember thinking when I was a kid, like, what I thought about it. Mm. No, I just remember finding it funny that it's... A bit, I knew it was crude, yeah. a bit crude. And I liked it because I thought it was like the rude episode. Um, because you would have seen it in the same place as me. It wasn't on television yeah. in the UK. It was yeah. only on that VHS. It was the Too Hot for TV yeah. VHS that came out. And the big draw was this episode was on it, um, which hadn't been aired. Um, and it was this one, it was Treehouse of Horror that had the Jerry Springer yeah. and all the bleeped out swear words. It was the Cartridge family because it was about guns. It was, and it was, I can't remember what the fourth one was, but it was four episodes that were like not originally aired yeah. on the UK TV. So it was too hot for TV. And that's probably the one that was 12 rated, Emma. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it, pro- it more than likely was actually that one because... Um, I remember watching Mm. Too Hot for TV all the time and it's probably where the nostalgia comes from because I used to watch it quite a lot. But yeah, there's just it's it's crazy. And like one of my favourite moments of this is when um, it's it's quite memed a lot. It's when like obviously they're naked and they're like standing in front of the garden ornaments and obviously she's got stuff. And then he's literally like, Marsh, (laughs) I don't trust this guy because he's obviously like sawing a piece of wood like. (laughs) Yeah. It's so crude. And I just thought to myself, like, watching it as an adult, I'm a bit like, this is so, like, how did they get away with this? How did they, how did they get away with it? It's so, that that image alone is just like, they're, they're just naked. Like, you see a lot of curvature on Marge, let's yeah, say. Yeah, and like, they, the the animator must have enjoyed Marge in this episode. Because like I said, like, when she's kind of like, laying on, on the, the um on the straw and her hair's all like straight and she like mm. her legs like quite in view and stuff like that like 
They must have really enjoyed drawing her in this episode. They probably enjoyed drawing Homer's ass squeaking up that giant well, ceiling what, just as much though, right? This is what I was just about to say. That noise, like the squeak <laughs> of his ass. Like, just look at just look at the parquet floor. Just keep always at looking the floor. at the floor. Looking at God's floor. Always at God's floor. <laughs> now let us thank the Lord for this magnificent crystal cathedral, which allows us to look out upon His wondrous creation. Now quickly gaze down at God's fabulous parquet floor. Eyes on the floor, still on the floor. Always on God's floor. I just love everything about this episode. So the other bit that I really enjoy is when they're in um in the castle in like the putting green and like they're all putting their hands through and it's like, oh it, it's like grabbing his love handles and it's like it feels like some meat yeah. and like they're poking him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Really good episode. Oh, it makes me laugh. And like when they get in the hot air balloon as well and um Herbert's like, Marge hold on to the handles and she's like and she holds his love handles and she's like got him <laughs> <laughs> it's very cheeky i love this episode but um i thought it would be a number one yeah, i thought i it's, thought it's it would it's just so nice to sort of see i mean the way that marge is written in this episode is like my favorite marge and this is what i was saying about um bar of darkness like this Marge and that Marge are like different Marges. So like if Marge is more happy to be completely yeah. naked yeah. in a stadium full of people and just be like waving and like just don't give a shit or like having sex in the middle of a putting green or, you know, like that Marge and that Marge are two different people. And it just irritates me how they are written so differently. Yeah. And there, there are different sides to Marge where she can be yeah. written differently, but it still feels like the same character. So the Marges I love is that Marge, fun-loving sexy time march um the march who is sort of very wistful like he had a lot of talent kid <laughs> i like goofy uh, march and then as just well. like weird yeah. really weird march where she makes pepsi at home and keeps millhouse's teeth watch out for the shark attack <laughs> yeah weird march so like but they feel like different elements of the yeah. same character when you add in like a prude, it's like it doesn't gel no, with the other things. It just it's yeah. I feel like it should Marge is great. I just love Marge though, but and this is kind of like what I was touching upon in like my dislikes episode about like the representation of women. Like if this Marge would have mm-hmm. written more than the other kind of Marge, then I feel like I feel like it would have been a little bit more represented. Um but I don't know. Like mm. I don't want to give like too much information away, but I'm a pretty liberal, like horny woman. <laughs> I can always, I can always cut stuff after the after the fact. If you have any regret, wine regrets. No, what I was just about to say was like, um, you wake up in a cold sweat tomorrow. Just text me like, cut that. <laughs> no, what I was gonna say was, I'm a pretty like liberal horny woman so i appreciate watching it when other women are represented in the same way as because well, i feel like women aren't always represented mm-hmm. in that way not always represented as actually enjoying sex yeah and i just feel sorry because it's like at the beginning obviously they're struggling and things like that and mm-hmm. for them to be like oh we it's it's the fear of being caught cool that that does it for me and good for them for working that out after being married for 10 years do you know what i mean good for them and like yeah. I tell you, one of the things that I'm gonna use for this when we publicise it on social media is one of my favourite images is when Homer is like got his, the teacups in his boobs when they're at the hotel. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is like one of my favourite. That's good. <laughs> it's just like oh, like oh. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, 
Anything you want to add? No, I think we've covered it all. Like, I forget, because I get so caught up in the Homer and Marge um, sexual shenanigans, I forget how good uh, Grandpa is in this. There's, like, really good Grandpa stuff, and that's the surprising thing for me. Yeah, but, um, yeah great episode. And it's in my top four as my number three, and I thought it would be your number one. Well, there's just a couple more lines that I'd never mentioned that I think that are hilarious that I'll just quickly mention. So, Go for um, it. Look at that bimp. He's hanging from a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a line from Homo, like, if you think about it, mud is nothing but wet dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So, so like, just stating the fact. <laughs> when you think about it, mud is nothing but wet dirt. So that is me and Natural Born Kisses. <laughs> Love it. So you know what my number one is, because it's the one that was further down your list. Cartridge Family. The Cartridge Family is my number one yeah. of this season. This is um, quite a controversial episode, definitely, mm. for many reasons. I think I do often hear this as like um, a late classic, though. Like yeah. a lot of people have referred to this. Or like the people think this episode's earlier than it is. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a season nine episode. It feels like something that was earlier than that. It's very sort of classically written Simpsons. Um, I I love when he has to wait for his gun and he's just sitting there and he's playing, you know, waiting is the hardest time. And it's just everything going past him that he can shoot, but he can't. He hasn't got his gun and like Patty and Selma going back and forth. I just love that he's sitting there thinking, if only I had my gun. <laughs> and I didn't get that when I was a kid. I didn't get that he's like what he's looking at is like he wishes he had his gun. So I thought it them. was just like watching Homer in a chair with a song playing over the top. This is funny. I didn't get that like oh everything he's looking at are things that he would shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was this was the other episode that was on that too hot for TV alongside yep. uh, Natural Born Kisses. So we've, we've picked <laughs> obviously that VHS uh, had an impact on us. Definitely holds a place in my heart. Definitely. Yeah, it reminds me a lot when it, when when the NRA are around Homer's house and they're showing off all their guns and talking about their gun tactics and stuff. It reminds me of Homer the Vigilante yeah. when all the vigilantes around the house. It's the I think that's why I think of this as an earlier episode because it has a very similar tone to that one, and that's another episode I love. All I think about is is Mo with the gun, and he's like, "And this is how yeah, you turn exactly. one gun into five guns." <laughs> so stupid that stupid image it looks like a box kite <laughs> um and i always i also enjoy seeing americans ideas of what soccer football yeah. is like from this episode Portugal versus Fast kicking low scoring ties <laughs> you bet <laughs> adiaga adiaga too adiaga aluclia <laughs> and they're all he's like oh I haven't heard of any of these oh and they'll all be signing autographs oh my god we gotta go <laughs> yeah. open wide for some soccer the Continental Soccer Association is coming to Springfield it's all here fast kicking low scoring and ties <laughs> you bet Hey, Dad, how come you never taken us to see a soccer game? I don't know. You'll see all your favorite soccer stars, like Ariaga, Ariaga 2, Bariaga, Aruglia, and Pizzozza. Oh, I never heard of those people. And they'll all be signing autographs. Woohoo! This match will determine once and for all which nation is the greatest on Earth, Mexico or Portugal. 
Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. I actually, I don't know why I love this episode so much. Yeah. I think, like you said earlier, I think it's just the nostalgia factor of like, I had that VHS. I watched it all the time. This was like the first one on it. And it just feels like, it just feels like a classic episode to me. It's weird as well. Like, this is kind of why I sort of said earlier why it might be a bit of a controversial episode. Because obviously growing up in the UK with no, you know, absolutely no guns around versus growing up in America, Mm. you know, I won't get into too much of the nitty gritty, but it's definitely a different feel watching it here in the UK versus watching it in the US, I think. Mm. I think to us it's just kind of funny. Yeah. In, I think in the US it's tackling a hot, but it's like the homophobia episode. Yeah. It's tackling something that's like kind of a hot topic um, and coming at it from, from different sides and stuff. And like, I think they tackle it in a really good way, actually, because they use Homer, who who's been represented as this like really stupid person, like yes. throughout the whole series. They've used him as being like gun nut who's like uses it to like turn the TV off and things like that. So they're using it yeah. in a really good way, using him and his character in a really good way to represent like, you know, people who are gun obsessed, how not to use guns. Exactly. And even the other people that have guns are like, no, he's this guy's yeah. dangerous. This is like, yeah, you can have a gun, but this is exactly. irresponsible. So it's kind of it's kind of not totally saying um, it's not totally saying that we shouldn't the guns shouldn't be allowed. It's saying it's like saying kind of giving the message be responsible with them, which at the time I think is more what they would have got away with. I don't think they would have got away with an episode that was just like no guns. Yeah, and I definitely think that um, a lot of the lines that Homer says as well is like so idiotic and kind of like the whole sort of the waiting game thing that you were saying about him sitting mm. there and all the targets and stuff and it's just like are you actually there's a line actually like oh, i wish i wrote it down now let me see if i still got it up um yeah here it is and it's like um sorry the law requires a five-day waiting period we've got to run a background check and he's like five days but i'm mad now and he's like i'd, ki- I'd kill you if i had my yeah. gun yeah well you don't <laughs> <laughs> And then it says here, according to your background check, you've been in a mental institution. Yeah. Frequent problems with alcohol. Yeah. You beat up President Bush, former President Bush. (laughs) We always say we love it when it references old episodes. Relax. Just limits you to free handguns or less. (laughs) Just give me my gun. Sorry, the law requires a five-day waiting period. We've got to run a background check. Five days? But I'm mad now. Yeah. I'd kill you if I had my gun. Yeah, well, you don't. And there's a crusty line. Guns aren't toys. They're for family protection, hunting dangerous or delicious animals, and keeping the King of England at your face. <laughs> Which is a callback to when... So I was literally about to say the, the, well, that's a callback to when um, Homer's trying to convince Lisa that guns are good. And he's like, the King of England could come, <laughs> come in here and start shoving you around. Do you want that? And she's just like... No. No. <laughs> Delivery, just... No. <laughs> just like resigned you're not gonna win but i have to have a gun it's in the constitution dad the second amendment is just a remnant from revolutionary days it has no meaning today you couldn't be more wrong lisa if i didn't have this gun the king of england could just walk in here anytime he wants and start shoving you around you want that huh do you no all right then i love uh, when millhouse is left alone with homer as well it's just like do you know how to cook dinner do i do I? 
But um, I like I say, this is just my number one. It just feels like a good classic episode. I've always liked it. I still like it on a revisit. It doesn't feel like season nine, but it is. Um, I like it. Yeah. And I also like Mo um, coming along to the NRA, NRA meeting with the irregular Oreos. I didn't see what's wrong with this one. Oh. <laughs> Hiya, Homer. I brung you a big bag of irregular Oreos. I don't see what's wrong with this one. Oh. I love it that. It reminds me of when Homer eats the thing and he's like, let's go get mom. Here's <laughs> the Tom Collins yeah. mix. The pie crust. Yeah. I love that. Mo is, Mo is actually like the most sort of, he's amazing in this, but he's like underrated in this episode. He's like the MVP in this mm. episode. He's hilarious. And that's, that, that's saying a lot coming from you. Yeah, exactly. As a non-Mo fan. <laughs> As a non-Mo fan. fan. Um, yeah, Mo's got some really good lines in this, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I love this episode too. So that's our top four. So let's talk about our plus ones and why. I think I know what yours is going to be. Do you? But yeah, go on. Principal and the pauper. That's not what I thought your one, one more was going to be. So that's interesting. You know what? I, I will share it with you. I'm going to say my, my plus one is Principal and the pauper as well. And we'll do a shared one more because okay. it, it bears such a... It's such an important episode. Yeah. And this was almost my number four. This is so close to yeah. being... This is that, it's that high for me. I actually love this episode. Well, this was the one between, like, is it my number four or not? Well, I kind of knew that you would have this on your list somewhere. So I was going to use something else as my one more. And I was looking mm-hmm. at all these episodes that are kind of like really high up for me. And I was thinking to myself, no, like, I really kind of feel like we could do this a bit of justice if we speak about it. So... um it actually is number five naturally on my list of one of the top episodes. So this is actually number five. Me too. Um, and that's why yeah, it is my one more. But it also is my one more because of sort of how controversial it is as well, which I that you'll go into. So. And we're going to come out an hour saying we're Principal and the Pauper fans. We, we like are. it. It's, our, it's, like our, it's on our top five for both yeah, of us. Yeah, definitely. It's a really good episode. And you know what's weird about this episode is... When I look at the lines, like it hasn't got that many amazing lines. It's just like a cool idea for an episode, like a cool out there story. Yeah. For writers who at the time thought, let's just throw everything out of the wall because, you know, the the show's going to end. There's no way it can go beyond 10 seasons. We're already on season nine. Let's just write some far out scripts. And this is just like the one that pushed people too far, apparently. It's crazy. I always liked it. I never knew there was controversy about this episode until I got older. So I knew that there was kind of controversy but not in the in a sense that Simpsons fan hated it I knew it was controversial because mm. obviously spoiler alert the it it sort of it's like identity and who Principal Skinner really is and is it him or are they going to carry on using this other guy or are they going to carry on using Skinner yeah, like we will be spoiling the Principal and the Pauper on this episode <laughs> and but I didn't realize until you know I became big on the internet that most Simpsons fans actually hate this episode. And I was really shocked. I was a bit like, yeah. really? Like, it's so controversial and such a random storyline that that's what makes it so good, almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I actually like the plot. Like, it's it's either this one or the one when Maud dies that people say, oh, that's when The Simpsons got bad. Yeah. I don't think this is where The Simpsons got bad. No. I think this is a good, fun episode. I love... Uh, Skinner episodes and this is just like another great Skinner episode yeah and that's what I was just about to say like Skinner's one of my favourite characters and 
I probably do have a, a lot more affection for it because I'm a huge Skinner fan. So I feel like if you don't care for Skinner that much, you probably would lean more towards like not liking it. But I don't know, it's so mm-hmm. random, but I feel like it's such, it's so well written. And also it's kind of an F you to the fans at the end when they're just a bit like, well, we're just going to pretend this never happened. Like <laughs> The only thing I don't like is that weird cop-out yeah. ending. It's like... It's it's just really weird. They literally just tie him up and put him on a train and like, yeah. Yeah, it's a really weird out there ending. I don't really like that no. part, but the rest of the episode I think is great. Yeah. It's like they didn't really know how to get out of the situation they got and themselves they, in. I kind of feel like they already decided that, yeah, this is going to be just like a, a one-off episode. We're not going to make this like into two or more. Yeah. So we do need to wrap it up, but like didn't really know how to wrap it up with keeping everything and the status quo I don't know, like this mm. example of a cop-out ending, but I do still I do still like it. And to be honest, as, as far as my Simpson knowledge goes, I don't ever think it's ever referenced ever again. I'm not sure. I think it is. I think there's an episode where they call him Armour. Oh, okay. Someone says, someone says something about lying and Bart says oh, Bart calls him Armour or something. Yes, I kind of vaguely know what you yeah, mean, but I can't... That I've got, it's even, I think it's in season 10 somewhere. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure we'll probably get there when we do the rewatch, but um, yeah, yeah, I do I definitely vaguely remember, know what you I mean. I definitely remember Bart refers to him as like, Ar- Armin oh, at some point. All right, Armin. Like, yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, um, but I love I love Skinner's deadpan delivery of when they say, uh, if that is your real name, and he's like, well, obviously it isn't. <laughs> so what's your story, Seymour, if that is your real name? Well, obviously it isn't. My real name is Armin Tamzarian. I don't like the name Armin Tamzarian either. It's so random. It sticks in your head, though, because it's so bizarre. And, like, I'm not going to lie, I do find, like, when Skinner is, like, a biker and, like, a greaser with, like, the quiff, I do find him a bit sexy as far as Simpsons... He's really cool. As far as Simpsons characters go. What I find weird is he was this cool biker guy, rebel, reading Swank, you know, (laughs) can I see your copy of Swank, Carmen? (laughs) Um, You know, cycling around. But he was a virgin. (laughs) He never had sex all that time when he was this cool biker guy. That's what sticks in my head because Grade School Confidential. Yeah, which is before. You know, establishes yeah, that he's a which virgin. Which is before that. So even though he was that cool, deep down he was actually a massive square. Oh, Seymour. And I'm not Seymour. My name is Armin. This is Armin's apartment, Armin's liquor, Armin's copy of Swank, Armin's frozen peas. Can I see your copy of Swank, Armin? Yes, you can. And I think it's referenced somewhere else as well that his high school sweetheart died in a drag race. In yeah, rea- reality bites, is, I think yeah. it is in this season when yeah, yeah. when Homer's got the car and they want a drag race and he's like, "No, I won't be doing that." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and again, Grandpa. You know, you, I feel like Grandpa for me is like Wigan for you. Yeah. Where at the beginning of the thing you said, "Our oh, Grandpa's amazing," and I was like, "Oh, right." And as it's gone through, I'm like, Massively "Yeah, you're right." Massively agree with that. Yeah, because Wigan has definitely just gone. Up and up and up in my estimations, yeah. Yeah, we've like traded great characters because yeah. when he's like, hello, beautiful, which is like, in your dreams, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> and then she's like, hello, beautiful. <laughs> like in his sleep. The way he's talking in his sleep is really funny. Hello, beautiful. In your dreams. We'll see about that. How do you feel about Agnes in this episode? Um, I don't hate her in this episode. No. Like she's like obviously you know my feelings towards Agnes, but this isn't where I hate her the most. 
I don't feel sorry for her, which I think you're supposed to. I don't feel sorry for her at all. But mm. <laughs> what line does make... No, she's not likeable in this. No, what makes me laugh is when um, he's like, you can go up to your room and he's like, sort of hesitates. Yeah. She's like, second door on the left. Don't touch the carpet or something <laughs> like that, she says. Um, I do find the real Skinner really annoying. Yeah. He's, an- he's awful. But then you're supposed to feel sorry for him. Because he's been through hell, but he uh. comes home and she and she's like, um, "Oh, you're back for like character night or yeah, whatever." Yeah. She says, and he's Still like, night. "No, I just came, I just came back for a turtleneck. It's cold, like or something like that." But I, you're supposed to kind of not like him because no one in town yeah. likes him. They're like, "Oh, we miss the old Skinner." Yeah, he is like a, a just a drag to be around. When he tells that horrific story about the war, he's like a funny story actually. And he tells that story, and they're like, "That's not very funny." He's like, "Well, I guess you had to be there." <laughs> Talking about being in like an internment camp or something. They said you were killed on that scouting mission. No, just captured. It's kind of a funny story, really. After five years in a secret POW camp, I was sold to China for slave labor. And since 77, I've been making sneakers at gunpoint in a sweatshop in Wuhan. That's not a funny story. Well, I guess you had to be there. He's obviously written for you not to like him, because I think if you were to like him, you it would be so mm. much more controversial than it actually is. Yeah. No, you don't like him. No one in town likes him. Everyone wants the, the show to go back to normal. Like, the characters want The Simpsons show to go back to the normal. The status quo so to remain, you, yeah. And they do it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I'd really love to hear what the listeners opinion on principal and the pauper is like i would really really i would love i would love to know because this is one of the most hated episodes in the in the first sort of 10 seasons because i feel like this discussion on principal and the pauper would have been better if we'd have both had different opinions on this episode but because we both agree with it i feel mm. like it's very much like us just kind of pointing out what we like so i'd really like for someone to get in touch and kind of put spanner in the works and for, to shake things up and like I'd really like a con- yeah. Give us a rebuttal. Yeah, just like give us your opinion on why you hate this episode. Like, we'd really appreciate that. I um we, actually it was one of the big surprises early on. One 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 of the early episodes when we said, you know, do you like Principal and the Pauper? And we both said, yeah, I do. Actually, I was really surprised because yeah. I thought you weren't going to like it. It's funny because yeah, I think it's a great episode. I think it's really good because the fact that even though in every season. I think there's only one that we've basically had identical lists, if that, like, or we've had mm. pretty similar lists. Yeah, maybe like one different yeah. or like just different order or whatever. We still yeah. have like really similar opinions, which I which I really like. Like you sort of say, mm. "Oh, I really like this," and I'm like, "Oh." There's not been any real no. shockers, like where you're like, "Oh yeah, my favorite episode this season is I don't know clip show." <laughs> let, let me have a look. What my like absolute worst episode is? Well, let's is. let's do a, a recap okay. of our four and one mores then, and then we'll talk about our worsts, and then a couple of others we want to mention. So, uh, yeah, you go first. So my number four is uh, the Cartridge Family. My number three is The Joy of Sect. My number two is Daz Bus. And my number one is Natural Born Kisses. And my one more is Principal and the Pauper. And my number four is uh, Lost Our Lisa. My number three is Natural Born Kisses. My number two is The Trouble with Trillions. My number one is The Cartridge Family. And my plus one is also The Principal and the Pauper. Cool. Can I say what I thought your plus one was going to be? Yes. 
I thought it was going to be Trash of the Titans. Oh, do you know what? It was... Because you talked about watching it with your sister yeah, a lot. It was... That was what was going to be my other choice. But because I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. Principal and the Pauper and it is my number five on my list, mm-hmm. I thought, do you know what? That gets precedence. But yeah, Trash of the Titans is up mm-hmm. there for me, definitely. And it's episode 200. It was like It's like a big milestone episode. Yeah, and obviously they had you too as well. So they, in terms of the advertisement, they like really pushed the fact that they had... They had you, all of you two and Steve Martin um, yeah. in the same episode as guests. And then, yeah, and it was episode 200. And they... they massaged it around so it would be 200 they knew we've got all these guest stars you know yeah we've got a big musical number because i think all this stuff. what i've read before is that they wanted this to be the first episode but then they kind of maneuvered it was number 200 yeah yes. is that right yeah, yeah. i heard that yeah um yeah but as i said on previous episodes like trash of the titans for me is like a big episode because i've got the nostalgia that you have with some episodes with your dad and i've got the same with my sister and even mm-hmm. today actually like mm. she was asking me oh what what episode are you recording tonight? And I said, oh, season nine. And she was like, oh, what episodes are in season nine? And I was like, Trash of the Titans. And she was like, oh. And we were kind of like <laughs> swooning over it a little bit. And we were sort of um, sort of saying about it. And she was saying how much she loved it. And I was like, I know. like It all reminds me of you. So that was quite nice. But yeah, so that was actually, it was between Principal That's, and the It's Paul really Park. high for yeah. me. That's my number six. Is after, after, um, after Principal and the Pauper, it's the one after that. I actually think it's my number six as well. Let me just double check. Oh, no, it's my number seven, actually. So my number six is, mm-hmm. um, and I know we've spoken about this before, which is also quite controversial, is the two Mrs. Nahasa Puma Petalons. Oh, yeah, I know you like that one. Yeah. That's bang. It is the middle episode for me. Yeah. It's bang in the middle for me. So a little bit lower. Yeah. One that I uh, wondered if it would going to be on your list, I know it's a really popular episode from this season, um, is the city of New York versus Homer Simpson? Do you know what? Quite controversial, but I'm not a huge fan of that episode. Me neither. No. It's 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 mid. Yeah, it's same. In the middle as well. Yeah, same. Like yeah. I enjoy it, and if I haven't watched it in a while, then I'll watch it and I will enjoy it. But I know it's I'm super not... popular, but I'm just like, it's all right. I kind right. of, I kind of feel like. I kind of feel about it how I feel about Bart's Comet. Like, I know that people rant and mm-hmm. rave about how much they love Bart's Comet and people rave about this episode as well. And both of them, for me, are very much like, I enjoy it, but it's not up there for me. And I don't know if it's because it's missing the nostalgia factor because I don't really remember watching that much as a kid. Mm. I don't know. I like the checking in song. Yeah. I'm checking, I'm checking in. in. The, my favourite bit of um, New York versus Tom Simpson is actually before he even goes to New York is when he's trying to build a car out of a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he rides, he's riding Lisa's bicycle because he's got his car. That whole section is really funny to me and then I'm not that interested in the New York stuff. Yeah. And like that's kind of like the first bit where Barney can't have alcohol as well and he's just like mm. dying. Oh, it's the one with Duffman. Yeah. So, and I like the bit, um, I know it's it's sort of the most memed part, but like the whole crash calaf, crash Yeah, calaf. yeah, that crab juice. And the crab juice, yeah. Like, him I love running that through like the Flushing Meadows thing always reminds me of Land of Chocolate. Like. Yeah. I really want you to like add in the whole like, we're checking in. You need to add that I'll in. I'll put it in. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it, hey, outro music this week. Yeah. So yeah, that was, um, that was kind of middle for me. So what was, what was down the bottom of your list? So I really don't like Bart Star, which I'm, if I'm remembering rightly, see, I can't even really remember. It's when Bart plays football. Is that right? Homer's the football coach. Yeah, yeah. don't really like that one. Okay. King of the Hill, don't really like. Um, no, I don't like that. 
Waste waste of Brendan Fraser, uh, yeah. King of the Hill. Yeah, I can't even really remember what that episode is. It's Homer climbs the top of the mountain. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it's power like, source bars. Yeah, no. Very, not... very forgettable. Yeah. Last Temptation of Crust. Don't really like that either. Oh, I love that one. Oh, do you? What, where he does yeah, like Yeah, I love improv. that episode. Yeah, I actually really like that episode. Yeah. Don't really like um, This Little Wiggy because it's like a Ralph episode. I don't, I don't like that episode. The reason Last Temptation of Crust is so high, so high for me is it has one of my favourite interactions ever which is? on the show. <laughs> which is um, it's between Marge and Lisa. Oh my God, I love it. It's <laughs> it's so well delivered. Right. They're, they're all told, told to burn their money oh, in, yeah. the, in Moe's bar as part of the stand-up routine. And Homer starts burning everything. And then... Um, Marge like panically gives Lisa and oh, says yeah. like run home and bury it in the yard I love you mum <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really like this serious moment it's everything I have take it home bury it in the yard I love you mum like you're really scared <laughs> I love the fear that Homer's out of control take that you greedy fat cats Marge give me your purse it's $42 it's everything I have run home and bury it in the yard I love you mum how do you feel about Bart Carney um because i think yeah because i think that's an episode as well that people rant and rave about a lot which i'm not really a huge fan of it's it's in the bottom half i like jim varney yeah i don't like that episode that much yeah um so the one i really really don't like i never have is miracle on evergreen terrace is that the christmas one Mm, it is the Christmas one. Yeah, no, I don't really like the episode much either. I find it a weird, cruel episode with a couple of funny lines, but like, I just find the yeah. cruel. It's a weird, and I normally love the Christmas episodes, but that is it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. It's just really a real downer. Like it reminds me of Bart versus Thanksgiving, yeah, where it's just I like this is a downer you. episode. But it's just everyone's a bit weird in that episode. Yeah, it's almost like I said before, um, it's a good example of like when I said last episode about how characters are not acting like themselves. No, that's, no one acts like themselves in that episode. That's a good, no one. That's a good example. And it's it's just, it makes me, I do feel like it just does make you feel uncomfortable, doesn't it? Mm, mm. Um, I quite like the Treehouse of Horror that's in this season. Yeah, I've got Treehouse quite yeah, high that's up. That's really high for me, yeah, actually. Yeah, same. Really and high for me. I do feel like we need to mention it, but like this is the last Phil Hartman in this season. No, it's not. I thought it was. And I just watched an episode in season 10 and he's oh, in it. Oh, no way. Okay. I always thought... Re- yeah, he's in one in season 10. So we'll talk about okay. it next time. But I was, I almost made the same mistake. I thought, yeah. And then I was so surprised. Yeah, there's one more. Okay. There's one more in season 10. So we'll save up. We'll save our Phil Hartman loving yeah. for next season. Next season yeah, cool. Then. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. And then I was really surprised to see him pop up next season. But then I checked and it is actually the last okay. time. Okay, so. cool. Um, what do you think about Lisa the Skeptic? Ah, uh, this is a controversial episode. Because I know people who say this is the worst Simpsons episode. It's worse than any of the newer series. It's absolutely awful. Um, I have always quite liked well, it. Well, this is what I was just about to say. I'm actually quite surprised that that wasn't on your list. Like, I feel like this probably, if I had to pick your list, I feel like they'd have replaced um, Lost Our Lisa because just purely because it's a Lisa right. episode. I know that Lisa's like... A, like a favourite character of yours and you sort of yeah I actually really like this episode it's actually quite high up for me and- I like it I think it's trying to do a little bit it's, it can't quite decide what it's trying to do if it's trying to 
I kind He's of... He's got mixed religious messaging. Yeah. But I kind of like the whole... Because well, we just done, literally, as of the time recording this, released an episode about hoaxes on Weird Tales. Mm. And we talk about the Cardiff Giant, which was one of the inspirations for this episode. Yeah. So that whole aspect of it... and Oh, you haven't actually listened to the episode of Weird Tales. Well, you will. <laughs> Tomorrow I am. <laughs> we talk about Lisa the Skeptic on that oh, episode. Oh, do you? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I like that whole... I like the hoax element yeah. of it, but then I think the religious messaging is a bit muddy. Yeah. What I like about this episode, which you've kind of mentioned it previously, is I actually think in terms of endings, this is actually a really good ending in terms of like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the ending. I like, like the twist. Yeah, it's how cool. it all wraps up and how it's just like advertisement for the mall and stuff. Like, I feel like that's such a good way to wrap it up in comparison to other ends in this season and going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I quite like it. I mean, it's kind of like in the terms of like ranking on my episodes, it's kind of high middle, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, same for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Um, I'm not a big fan of the, the there's another clip show in this season. Obviously, clip shows, I feel like they don't count. All singing, it's all dancing. the clip show episode. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a clip show. Yeah. Oh, the one. Okay, so this is the. So the two I thought were going to be on your list okay. that weren't were um, were Trash of the Times, which you said, and yep. Realty Bites. I thought Realty Bites would be on yours. Um, and it's another classic, but I don't. I don't love Realty Bites. It's all right. So, um, so Trash of the Titans. The Trash of the Titans was going to be my um, one more because of as I've, I've said before mm-hmm. and uh, reality re- realty sorry I've got to say it, it feels so uncomfortable when I say it, realty it's like the um, it's the pun title that that mixed you up last time with the same with Lisa's date with density yeah density not destiny the ti- these titles stick in my head because they're trying to be yeah. a bit too clever by half and you always say the wrong one yeah real realty bites realty realty, realty bites, bites. Yeah. um yeah, like I do, I do like this episode, and obviously it's it's a Marge episode, um, and she's represented mm-hmm. quite well in it as well. So I kind of always feel like if it's a Marge episode, if I either like it or don't like it, is as if I how Marge is represented in that episode. So like for instance, yeah, this is a Marge job, and I like this episode because of her characteristics in it. Whereas in comparison to last season when we did. Um, the twisted world of Marge Simpson, like that's another Marge job, but I don't like the way she's represented in it. So mm-hmm. it's it sort of swings right. and roundabouts compared to like how she's represented in that episode is whether or not I like the episode or not. The weird thing about Realty Bites for me is um, I love Lionel Hearts, obviously. Yeah, I just find it weird that he's working at like uh, a realtor's. Yeah. It doesn't feel like he should be there. I see. I think it just feels like they wanted to put his character in there, but it doesn't make much sense to me. No. So I'm a bit torn because I love I love seeing like Lionel Hart's one of my favorite characters, but it's just weird and like why is he there? It's almost like they just make it a different character. When they do uh, Russ Cargill and stuff, and um, and Scorpio and stuff, they mm-hmm. they want to use the voice actor, so they just create this character for that voice actor whereas with this those Lionel yeah. Hutz but it doesn't make sense it's like why would a lawyer be an estate agent do you know what I mean yeah and I think that's why I have I find that that weird and I think because we call them estate agents is why I've got such a problem with re- realtor 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 doesn't sound right on my in an my English mouth. accent it's kind of a bit hard to to say yeah. realtor realtor I don't know it's estate agent for us yeah 
You've also got the um, Kirk's arm oh, being cut yeah. off. I asked for a sliced sandwich, which is <laughs> outrageous. She needs premium, dude. Premium. Hey, that smells like regular. She needs premium, dude. Premium, dude. Um, I, I know you probably don't like Dumbbell Indemnity that much. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, you're not a big Mo fan, so I, I know that'll be low on list. I don't mind it. No, um, I don't, yeah. I like Homer's line of like, I'm just going out to commit certain deeds. <laughs> <laughs> Why all the black? Why all the pearls? Why all the hair? Why anything? You look a little nervous, Dad. No, you look a little nervous, Lisa. You're up to something, aren't you? No. I'm just going out to commit certain deeds. I like the female character, like, not Ruth. Um, I can't remember her name. Anyway, I like her. I like her character. I like I the actress and, like, yeah. the way that she's portrayed, but I just don't really like the Mo and the Mo storyline type. And the way... Uh, he's very pathetic in this episode, and it's very, like... Yeah, I feel mm. it's a bit tedious, mm. bit grating. Grating. Yeah. Oh, you posted something from this season today on Instagram, which I is did. a moment that I've written down as I love, which is the uh, permission to come aboard. Permission granted. Yeah, it's like that's the best bit of that episode, which I'm not a big fan of that episode, but I do like that bit. Yeah. It's from uh, Simpson Tide. Well, the, the reason why I watched it is because um, when we were... So I've like sort of obviously passed season nine. Um, I'm watching season 10 mm. now for research, but... I was on Disney Plus today and I was thinking to myself like, oh, what, like, what have we, you know, what have I watched but can't really remember? So just in case Bob picks it, just in case it comes up, like I'll rewatch it. Because mm-hmm. I don't really like the episode very much. I put it on and I must have been doing something and not really paying much, too much attention. So I was like, oh, I'll just watch it just in case. So I had some free time. And that was, <laughs> it just, yeah, it just made me laugh. It just really made me laugh. <laughs> It's great. He's standing there in his pants. I've also got like a bit of a connection to the episode, obviously, like being a military wife myself. So it was. Oh, of yeah. course. So I was like, I really feel like I should like this episode more because it's like the whole like army relationship. Well, he's in the Navy, but like military yeah. relationship, military lifestyle. He's only a reservist. Yeah. So technically, he's not like full on like, like my life is. But. Um, but yeah, I feel like oh, I pretty much should should like this a little bit more, like the whole military side of it. But uh, yeah, not really a fan of it to be honest. Hmm. I always think to myself, sparkle, sparkle, when he's thinking about the earring. Oh yeah, yeah, the earring. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I I'll give or take the episode to be fair. Apart from that I line, think I've just going. I'm just seeing if there's any like real classic lines. You know, I put my pink dot mark on this. The only one I think we haven't addressed is another grandpa. So grandpa's on fire in this season, yeah. uh, which is when Homer gets the helper monkey and he makes out that he bought it for grandpa, and then he drives off with it and leaves grandpa on the side of the road. And grandpa's like, "I can't wait to eat that monkey." <laughs> <laughs> oh, son, this monkey's gonna change my life. Mind if I take him for a ride? Sure, I'll just stand here. Mm, I can't wait to eat that monkey. That's brilliant. This is just so bizarre. What episode is that so from? Bizarre. That's from Girly Edition. Oh, where yeah. He has Mojo the helper monkey. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, this this monkey's going to change my life. Thanks, son. And then Homer drives off of it. He's like, I can't wait to eat that monkey. <laughs> just reminds me of Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah, the monkey heads, yeah. Um, yeah, so 
there we there i think i've gone through yeah. i think we've given it a good given it a good go season nine yeah. i love it um surprisingly like good good season it is a good season there's some really good episodes in it yeah i mean i feel like there are you could still class a, a few of these episodes as absolute classics like cartridge family for instance yes for sure and sure, that's why yeah. I feel like it is a sort of slow and steady decline because there are still episodes that are yeah. absolute classics. But then there are a bigger chunk of episodes I don't really care for. You're getting like maybe the bottom third are like ones that I can take or leave. Yep, same. And that's much more like before it was like maybe there's one or two episodes. It's like a, like a good third. I'm like, eh, they're like, yeah. all right. And the only one I really don't like is Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. I've never liked that episode. But yeah, the, the the that bottom third is all right. Like I watch it if it's on, but it's yeah, not it's a bit bizarre, really. I think a lot of these. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm the same. I'll give I'll give or take them. But I'm I've started watching season ten, and I'm actually surprised at how much I'm enjoying it. Like season yeah. ten is still really good. I'm like a good sort of six or seven episodes in, and I'm really enjoying it. So. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I've always thought that. Season eleven is where I'm like, oh, I'm I'm struggling. Yeah, same. For me, season eleven is instantly a different show. Yeah, but we'll yeah. come to that. We've got season ten yeah. first. So, uh, we'll, we'll, I guess I'll run through the outro stuff, and then we'll talk yeah. about what's coming up next season. So, if you want to get in contact with us and let us know what you think of the principal and the pauper, that super controversial episode that we actually just both like, so it wasn't very controversial. Uh, you can do so through the email, which is four and one more pod at gmail.com or directly through the website which is four and one more.com you can also find me on twitter and talk to me directly there i'm on there as at bob shoy that's at b-o-b-s-h-o-y emma's also on twitter yep yeah, i'm on twitter as at emma rowena yeah and you can find us other places online like the yeah. facebook and all sorts of other things including the instagram account which emma also runs Yep. So um, if you just go into Instagram and just search four and one more, we'll pop straight up. And I just post memes or if I'm in a certain mood and things like that, or if I'm watching an episode and something really makes me laugh, I'll just post a Frankiac like screen dump of that. But a lot of people seem to like it. So yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, and if you want to see what other shows I work on, uh, if you might be interested in those, you can go to my personal website, which is uh well what is it it's uh, my name i I can't believe i forgot my own name bob shoy you can go to uh bobshoy.com b-o-b-s-h-o-y.com this uh, this podcast is part of the bob shoy podcast network you can see other shows that are on there that you might like such as weird tales and the unexplainable which i mentioned on this episode because on the latest (laughs) episode number 158 we talk about hoaxes we talk about the cardiff giant which is one of the inspirations for the episode lisa the skeptic uh, and you can also go to patreon.com slash bobshoy where you can su- support me monetarily for my time editing and researching this as well as those other podcasts. And next time we are talking about, uh, we have decided, we said it last time and I still Halloween. can't Oh, we're doing the Yay. Halloween episode. We're talking about our favorite Treehouse of Horror segments. I am so excited for this. So excited. And we, we set a rule. We're only allowed to pick one segment from yeah. You can't have two segments in your top four from the same treehouse. Yeah. So it'll be interesting which ones we go for. Are we interested if there's any overlap on that one? Because there's a lot to choose from. I haven't discussed this with you, but I'm also going to write some segments that I really don't care for as well. Okay. Just like to, yeah. to run them over and just be like, I don't 
really care for this that much. Um, so what I will say is for the other uh, side episodes, we've just focused on seasons one to ten. Yeah. Are we doing the same for this? Well, I was, yeah, I was going to, but it's up to you. Like if there's one in like a later season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll do it because I haven't seen enough no. beyond that. Yeah. So yeah, like all the others, it will be our favourites from series yeah. one to ten. Um, so that, and then after that, we'll be talking about season ten, yeah. which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, me too. Um, so yeah, it was a good episode. Uh, thanks again, Emma, for joining me to talk about The Simpsons. Thank you for having me. It uh, makes my week. So thanks, everyone. Uh, part of my galoshes, and um, this podcast will self destruct if not properly stored. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> bye bye. How do you find the defender? He's guilty of mayhem, exposure, indecent. Freaked out behavior, both chronic and recent. Drinking and driving, narcotics possession. And that's just page one of his ten-page confession. I should put you away where you can't kill or maim us. But this is L.A. and you're rich and famous. Checking in. He's checking in. I'm checking in. Checking, checking in. No more pills or alcohol. No more pot or Demerol. No more stinking fun at all. I'm checking in. He's checking in. He's checking in. No more looking pale and thin. No more bugs beneath your skin. Hey, that's just my aspirin. Chuck it out, your check When I grow up, I want to be in the Betty Ford Center. Better start saving now. It's very expensive. Shh, they're strapping down Liza Minnelli. This film will self-destruct if not properly stored. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.